Good evening, everyone. Great joy to be with you tonight. Um, tonight you get two homilies, so bear with me. Uh, just a, first, uh, just a brief comment about our uh, letter to Timothy, uh, the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Uh, Saint, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy uh, 3.16. Very powerful word, and this is what we heard tonight. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is inspired by God. I love that. I think that's a scripture passage we all need, uh, maybe in our tool belt, in our back pocket. All scripture is inspired by God. Oftentimes, scripture in today, uh, today's world is under attack. Maybe you've had a friend who once said to you, do you actually believe everything in the word of God? Brothers and sisters, all scripture is inspired by God. If there's parts of the scripture that we don't understand, keep wrestling with it. In time, God will reveal what the scriptures truly mean. Because he's inspired every word in the scriptures, <coughs> excuse me, and every word, therefore, is true. Okay, that's your first homily. Your second homily, uh, today, this weekend, uh, all the priests at our parishes are preaching about stewardship, uh, everyone's favorite topic, right? We want to preach a little bit about money, and I just want to say with a caveat, uh, if you haven't been to church in a while, maybe you're back, uh, maybe you don't typically go to Lourdes, uh, we only preach about money once a year. And maybe you're here, maybe you stumbled upon church, and maybe you think, uh, you Catholic priests, all you do is preach about money. Uh, maybe this homily isn't meant for you. But I hope you can learn something tonight, and I hope, brothers and sisters, uh, maybe God will give you a new vision and a new understanding of what the purpose of money in our life is, and what our relationship with money is meant to look like in this world. You see, after Jesus was baptized, what happens? He immediately is driven out into the desert. And he's tempted by, by the, the devil. Through baptism, we're given a mission. And part of our mission on this earth is to follow God with our whole hearts. And the enemy often throws temptations towards us to prevent us from following him. Jesus, after his baptism, is immediately driven out into the desert. And there's three temptations that Jesus is specifically tempted with. The temptations that we all experience towards power, sex, and money. These temptations, uh, if we're honest with ourselves, brothers and sisters, we're all tempted towards those in some way. Power, sex, and money. One of the ways, or probably the way, that the church combats these temptations is through what we call the evangelical councils. The evangelical councils, what do priests do? What do nuns do? They take three vows. Poverty, chastity, and obedience. We're called to live that in a way to fight against those temptations. These evangelical councils, though, right, they're not just meant for religious. They're not just meant for priests 
for nuns, they're meant for everyone. We're all called to be poor, to be chaste, and to be obedient according to our mode of life, our vocation in life. God and the church gives us these tools, poverty, chastity, and obedience, to fight against those three great temptations. If we're honest with ourselves, we struggle with those temptations. And to zoom in a little bit on money, we struggle with greed at times. We struggle to want the next best thing. Yesterday, I had the great joy, I took um, some of the youth group kids for a hike, a little pilgrimage hike. We started at Green Mountain, and we hiked eight miles up to Mother Cabrini's shrine. Ended up at the shrine with mass. Uh, but as we were walking, some of these uh, high school, mostly the boys, uh, they keep talking about, I want the new PS5, I need this next best game, I need this next best thing. Uh, there is a point on the hike, we're hiking up Highway 40, if you're familiar with the area, uh, right pretty close to uh, Lookout Mountain. You hike up uh, Highway 40 and then eventually you can turn right up to Mother Cabrini's Shrine. As we're hiking up, there's a beautiful sports car that uh, drives by us. And uh, if you drive manual, you know how when uh, you want to get the engine louder, you downshift. So this guy downshifts, revs his engine really loud, and of course all the high school boys go, I want that car, right? And so this beautiful Corvette drives past us, blue, sparkling in the sun, a white pinstripe down the center. And all the boys are just like, man, that's so cool. I really want that car. And how cool would it be for a priest to drive a car? You see his collar, and he's speeding down the highway in that, right? <laughs> I was preaching earlier, and uh, one of the high schoolers was at my mass. And he goes, Father Sean, you got it all wrong. That wasn't a Corvette. That was a Viper. I said, okay, I don't know my cars very well, right? But if we're honest, within us, there's always that desire for more. A better house, a better car, more things. And we think that will make us happy. Brothers and sisters, my proposal for you tonight is can we look at money in a different way? Your relationship with money has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus. And your relationship with Jesus has everything to do with your relationship with money. But where I want to flip it on its head, oftentimes we think the church, God, he just wants our money. He just needs our money. God doesn't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. Why tithe? We tithe because it breaks us of our greed. We give our money freely because it allows us not to be so focused on the things of this earth, but to have our mind and our heart focused on the things above. To be poor, to live a certain poverty, to say, I don't need these things. Jesus, help me to store up treasures with you in heaven. I entered seminary when I was 18 years old. I didn't really have much of a job before that. I mowed some lawns, I made some uh, money from time to time, but it wasn't anything super consistent. And so when I got to seminary, when I was 18 years old, the diocese gives you a stipend to kind of help with uh, different things. When I was 18, you know how much I got? I got $250 per month. I thought I was rich, right? I was, I was rolling in all this money. 
I didn't have any expenses, though. And I thought, well, I'm giving my life to the church. I'm giving up so much for God. This money is all for me. And pretty soon, within my first year of seminary, there was a priest there, Father John Acri. He uh, was kind of the grandpa figure of the seminary. And he gave a homily once to a bunch of men in that seminary who've given their life to Christ, a bunch of men who are probably very poor. Uh, they're in college, 18 to 22-year-olds. And he looked at all of us and he said, you guys probably all think because you've given your life to the church, you don't have to give your money to the church. And you probably all think because people have been generous with you, you can use that money for yourself. Father John looked at all of us and he said, your relationship with money has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus. And he encouraged us to give our money back to different uh, charities, to different apostolates, to the poor, to the needy. He challenged us to tithe, to give 10% of what we, uh, how, what we were earning, what we were uh, being gifted tithe, 10%, give that to the poor, give that back to the church. And so when I was 18, I began to tithe for the first time in my life. And ever since then, I typically give at least 10% of my income to different uh, apostolates. When I got here, I tithe a certain amount of money to Lourdes, a, a certain amount of money to St. Louis. But I tell that story, right, because uh, oftentimes us young people, we think we don't have the means to tithe. We don't have the means to give our money at this moment. Brothers and sisters, when you give generously to the Lord, that will change your relationship with him. And you'll be a better Christian, a better person, and you'll fall more deeply in love with Jesus if you give generously to him. The Old Testament principle is what? 10%, that's a tithe. It's always coming from the first fruits. Remember Cain and Abel? What happened with Cain and Abel? They presented their gifts to the Lord. Cain, he presented those gifts that were secondary. And Abel, the just, he presented those first fruits to the Lord. And that's why he's called Abel the just. He gave from his surplus. He gave, sorry, not of his surplus, he gave out of his first fruits, his needs. This was the Old Testament law. Jesus comes, we're no longer under the burden of the law. I think it's good to strive towards 10%, but what's most important that Jesus calls us towards is generosity. Brothers and sisters, can you be generous with your money? Can you be generous towards the church? Can you give of your first fruits? I was reading a book uh, this past week about tithing and just kind of history of it, and uh, I just want to give some statistics that this author uh, goes into about uh, tithing. And these are pretty, a uh, little bit dated statistics, but I think it speaks to uh, right, what we love in our country. Where is our money going? And so he says this. This is in the, it's in the introduction, so he goes into it a little bit later, but he says this. As will be shown, 
One of the motivations for the tithing renewal in the late 1800s, there was a big kind of renewal for tithing in the U.S., was the desire to see the gospel spread throughout the world. People began to give more because we wanted to see the good news spread throughout the different parts of the world. Giving to overseas ministries in 2005 in the U.S., People, Americans gave $5.2 billion to oversee ministries. $5.2 billion. Think about how big that number is. That number is dwarfed by the following figures. In 2006, Americans gave $29 billion for candy. $25 billion for lawn care. $13.5 billion for video game consoles, handheld devices, games, and accessories. In 2004, $9.4 billion for domestic box office receipts or movie theaters. And then in 2006, $9.4 billion for veterinarian care. I don't share these statistics necessarily to guilt anyone, but just to simply ask that question. Where is our money going towards? Our relationship with money has everything to do with our relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're overwhelmed, but I think the encouragement and the challenge that I want to offer to you tonight is one towards generosity. Don't be afraid to be generous with the Lord. Maybe you can't give 10% right now. Maybe you've never even given any money. Can you start at 1%? Maybe you're already giving 5%. Can you jump up to 6 or 7%? When Father Brian first got to Our Lady of Lords, he made an account in the parish and said every year we're going to increase this tithing account by 1%. Eight years ago, is at 1%. And every year, it's grown by 1%, and now it's up to, to 9% this year. And next year, when we get to 10%, I think we'll stop there. I'm not sure. But what is a success story? That slowly, we've worked our way up to that. And the encouragement is for all of us to do the same. Last point just from our gospel today. Jesus begins our gospel, right? He says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not become weary. Brothers and sisters, what are you weary about? Those great temptations, power, sex, and money, they become weights within us. We get weary fighting against them. But the proposal of the church to poverty, chastity, and obedience. That will truly set our heart free to love God above all things. This week you'll receive a letter in the mail from Father Brian asking you to make a commitment to the parish. I ask you to pray with that, uh, to think about it, uh, to talk to your spouse about it, and then next week to be ready to make that commitment. What is the Lord asking you to give to the parish? Our relationship with money has everything to do with our relationship with Jesus. So Jesus, as we approach you today, 
whatever is weary within us, we ask that you might give us those counsels. Lord, help us to be poor, help us to be chaste, and help us to be obedient. Amen.